I'm excited to tell you about a new and absolutely free resource we have available for women 40 and over. It is a weekly newsletter called Feisty 40 Plus, and it's created for active women who want to live their strongest, healthiest, happiest lives. Each week, we dig into the newest research and tell you exactly what you need to know. You'll find science-based training tips, nutrition advice, and much more. We also highlight badass women doing super cool stuff, which I really love. There's no fluff, there's no filler, just information, inspiration, and tangible steps that will help you continue to do all the stuff you love doing while feeling your happiest, healthiest, and best. Sign up at feistymenopause.com to stay in the know. are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope you all are well. So this week, I have a fun and dare I say feisty conversation with Sandra Bukert, the owner and founder and trainer at One-on-One Fitness in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Sandra started bodybuilding when she was just 16. Now, 40 some years later, she's still in the strength and fitness game, but she's made a few changes. She still wants to look her best, but that's not her driving force these days. These days, she's training to be part of the resistance, specifically to defy what people assume a midlife, menopausal, and eventually, quote unquote, old woman should be able to do. And I am here for it. It is time to shred the script. For those who missed it, past guest Melanie McQuaid recently qualified for Ironman Kona World Championships Pro Race at age 50. When I had Mel on the show last year or maybe late 2021, she told me that her three main bucket list goals when she turned 50 were to win an Ironman, qualify for Kona, and go sub nine. Well, she nailed one of those and I will certainly be cheering her on for the other two. Also recently, Isopulver just became the overall men and women solo winner of Race Across America, with an impressive time of 9 days, 12 hours, and 16 minutes. It's the second time a woman has taken the overall at RAM, and that time was another past guest, Leah Goldstein, who was also in her 50s when she accomplished that feat. We need to toss out the preconceived, super outdated notions of what it means to be a midlife woman and beyond. And women like Sandra are leading the charge. And she doesn't sugarcoat it. Some shit is harder now, no doubt. But there are ways to keep on keeping on. And we talk about all of that and then some in this conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'll put a link to her business, One-on-One Fitness, in the show notes so you can learn more about her. 
Okay. Before we get to it, as always, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Sign up for my free weekly menopause blog at FeistyMenopause.com. You can send me questions at hitplaynotpause at livefeisty.com or at that speakpipe voicemail address that is in the show notes. You can come on in and join our Level Up membership. That's in feistymenopause.com as well. And thank you, as always, for the continued great reviews. They keep coming in and I love them. And five-star ratings. It really does help. I'm able to get all these great guests and the show continues to grow. And I appreciate you. All right. Super quick thanks to AminoCo for their continued support of the show. I have been loving their Perform Essential Amino Acid product, which is clinically shown to increase peak strength and endurance levels and decrease recovery time. And I can attest that I feel sharper and I have less fatigue when I'm using it, especially with all this Ironman training. And that is finally coming up this weekend. And I'll be really happy to talk about that when it's done. So thanks for AminoCo for your support. All right. Enough of me. Let's have a word from those awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Okay, Sandra, like I was saying before I hit record, we've had this on the books for quite a bit now and time flies and here we are. So I'm glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Celine. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So let's talk a bit about, I mean, you can't, you found us through Sarah, right? Through our... Yeah. 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 One of my clients brought up menopause has been kicking my butt Celine and so I was speaking to her one day and she said oh there's this great Facebook page and they have an app you should join and that's how I started reading about you and checking on the group and following the podcast and and uh, I'm so glad that I did you guys are doing phenomenal work well thank you and now here you are 
And now here I am, a member of the club. <laughs> Join the club. So before before we talk about that club, let's go back in your history. But you're you're like the second, third. You might be just the second bodybuilder I've had on who got involved like way back in the day. You know, before women were when it was still pretty uncommon. I I would love to hear like how you stepped into that world and like, were you like 20? How, like, when was this? Girl, I was 16 years old. Oh, huh? get out. I was 16. What a pivotal year that was. So my family moved from Oshawa, Ontario, and we moved to this Edmonton, home of Wayne Gretzky, the Oilers hockey dynasty, and Celine, I was a quirky kid, okay? I was the kid who wore skinny jeans and pointy toe flat shoes. I wore riding pants and, you know, jodhpurs and, and riding boots. I was a fashionista at a very young age. And being a fashionista got me on the radar of the school bully. Mm. And so this girl would punch lockers, intimidate me, go out of her way to do things to make my new kid in the school experience a living hell. So um, one day I was in a class and this girl, uh, I don't know why our teacher stepped out, but he had to go to the office, stepped in, grabbed my arm, pulled it up behind my back and bent me over in front of my whole class. Uh, to say that time slowed down wouldn't do it justice. Celine, she was wrenching on my arm like she was going to break it. And I don't know where it came from, but I turned around and I just punched her in the face. And she let my arm go. She was shocked because bullies aren't used to people fighting back, right? Mm -hmm. So I fought back. And then it wasn't long after that that I found myself down in our high school, in the bowels of our high school. We had a gym where the football jocks worked out. And I used to hide around the corner and I'd watch what they do and I'd go in and I'd mimic it, okay? But I was dabbling with it. And then one day I happened to be in a Safeway and I saw Kiki Aloma and she was the new sort of Miss Olympia at the time. I and I had, name. yeah, I'd never seen a woman that was toned and athletic. And, and back then, I mean, God, over 40 years ago, you know, some, she looked great, very feminine and athletic. Back then, models were more emaciated. They had the projecting hip bones, you know, thin, like they just didn't look healthy. They looked terrible. It looked terrible. And this really appealed to me. So I bought that muscle and fitness and I took it home and it opened up a whole new world to this 16 year old kid. And I started applying what I was learning. Girl, there were days I couldn't walk. I was so stiff and sore, but I just went back for more. <laughs> and eventually I realized that in order to get more from my training, I needed to take it up a notch. So I signed up at a Mr. C's, an all-male, hardcore bodybuilding gym. 16. Wow. What did they think of you? I thought I was a pest. Get this kid out. 
but Celine, I was a, I, you know, I want to know, how does your butt look like that? How does it make your arms look like that? Like I asked a lot of questions and I took in what they were telling me and I would apply it. And then my nutrition was horrific because I grew up in a Jamaican household. My mother was an amazing cook. She was, you know, short and round and I ate that way. But as I worked with the guys, I started learning about nutrition and how it was an integral part of my training. And then my physique started to change. And I didn't understand how I could weigh the same, but my clothes were sliding over my body and I was so much leaner. So it was this real evolution for a 16, 17-year-old kid to see my body change through what I was doing in the gym. Let me tell you, girl, it was a motivating boost. And so that's how I got involved. I feel like we could do a whole show on this, but I do have a couple of questions. So how, like, did they have you eating more protein and how did your mother receive? You showed my mama you loved her food by having a plate, you know, overflowing. That's how you show love and appreciation for cooking in my home. And I had never really thought about portions. I had never thought about what the hell is protein, you know, or fats. We cooked with a lot of oil and lard and white rice and white flour and, you know, um, fatty meats. Like, Celine, this was uh, um, quite this seismic shift for me to start to learn about balanced eating and what protein was going to do for my muscles and my skin and what kinds of carbohydrates, you know, rice and I ate potatoes and yams and learning how that was going to rebuild my body, like holy, incredible experience. And then I went on and obtained certifications and competed and went back and trained more and, and my body kept developing and changing. And how long did you do that? I trained for, hmm, so I probably entered my first competition when I was about 17 and a half. It was funny because bodybuilding was never my interest. My true, I was learning to lift weights and my physique was changing. And then the guys at the gym would say, you should compete. <laughs> I'm like, ew, those women are gross. No, no, you, sh you should compete. I, I couldn't see, for example, my signature was my back. I had a very muscular back. And the very first time I posed it on stage, the audience gasped. I had no idea what I looked like. from <laughs> <laughs> So... It, it it was it was a very different experience. My sisters thought I was crazy. You know, Jamaicans, we run, right? We are runners. We do not lift weights and bodybuild. <laughs> Trainer. <laughs> but yes, bodybuilding was my calling. I was built for it. And how far, how long did you pursue it? Like how far into your, I mean, I know you opened a gym of your own then when you were maybe... I don't know, 23, I think I read. It, well, exactly. So I went, uh, started around 16. I became the junior Canadian champion in my sport. I took two years to train because I wanted to enter the senior ranks, but I didn't, I'm a, I'm a planner. So I wanted to enter in the best possible shape that I could. 
So off season, I put on weight, I lifted very heavy, I cleaned up my diet, and I trained two years, Celine, for one day. And when I entered that event, the Northerns, I won that, went on to the Provincials, I won that. I was one of the youngest ever to win it, but I won it. I won my class. And then I went on to second in Western Canada. Wow. And then when did you open your gym? Lord, girl. So I was about 23, around 23. What was happening was people kept coming up to me in the gyms. You know, women would ask me, "How, how do you do that? How do you make your arm look like that? I I have a wedding to get ready for. Or a chef said, Sandra, I've gained 40 pounds tasting. Can you just help me to trim off some of this fat? So people kept coming out of the woodworks and asking me for help. And eventually I realized that I could turn my passion into a profession. I graduated in business from Nate. And so I used my small business savvy and put it together with my personal training and created one-on-one personal fitness in Calgary. Which you still operate to this day. Girl, it's been 34 years. That 23-year-old kid, I I look back at my career and it, it blows my mind as to the things that I've experienced. Are you still involved in the bodybuilding arm of it at all? Like, is that still something that you in any way are involved with? Or have you, how have you evolved as so, you've gone on? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because maybe one in a thousand comes to me for bodybuilding. The vast majority are people who have gone into gyms, don't know what they're doing. Um, they want to lose weight. Um, they want to improve their fitness. I've had people hire me to come to their homes when I first began because, again, they're intimidated when they're in the gyms. They do want to change their bodies, but they really didn't know how to begin. And so I listen and then I create programs and I work with people and I help them to transition as they train and start to make it a part of their regular life. Yeah. So for the everyday people, our clients are about 40 to 80, 40 to 80 years old. Have your um, views on fitness evolved over these 34 years? Oh, no, I'm still 23. Not kidding. (laughs) Yeah. When I was younger, it was all about strength. I, I was as strong as an oxalene. I thrived on it. I was squatting 320 pounds when I was 21 years old. And I've always been. Wow. Yeah, I have always been drug free. I believe in nutrition. I believe in training well or smart. Um, I believe in recuperation. Um, And when I was younger, it was about being strong and building muscle so that I could compete. But now that I'm older, my body has gone through so many shifts going through menopause My training now is about my sanity, you know, Um, I work out and it helps my mood. Um, I feel strong. I see so many women unable to lift bags or groceries or carry briefcases or backpacks. We women, we just give up on ourselves as we get older. You know, we want our husbands or our kids to do things. I don't want to do that. 
I want to be able to, you know, push a barrel or a, sorry, um, a wheelbarrow with rocks in my yard, uh, carry my briefcase if I have to. I, I want to be able to keep up with life. And for me, lifting is a part of um, maintaining my lifestyle, my strength, my sanity, my moods, staying leaner or as lean as I can. Um, it's, it's for mental as well as physical. How has menopause impacted you? Shockingly, in a more, more difficult than I actually expected it to be. It sort of snuck up on me, you know, because at first it was the, the waking up with the back of my neck <laughs> soaked. And Selena was such an idiot. I would be like, oh, my blanket's too. <laughs> <laughs> and that kept up for a little while. And then I realized, okay, there's a pool of water on my chest. And then my my breasts would keep swelling and changing in tenderness. And then my moods and then the hot flashes put it right over the top. The hot flashes and the not sleeping, waking up like I'm sleep drunk. So it's really been more difficult than I expected. Yeah. When did that start? The hot flow. Well, I should say that I had a hysterectomy at around 35 five or so so I have one ovary mm. um, uh, I'm 57 now maybe around 50 or so things started really going sideways and then the lack of sleep just just uh, like a domino just kept wouldn't kept coming 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 and then eventually I went on astrodot the uh, hormone replacement and are you um are you done? Are you post-menopause? Are you still waiting for the day? The hot flashes are brutal. The hot flashes are brutal. So the estradiol is helping. I'm on the lowest dose. Okay, that's good. Um, but it's going to be a journey. I'll say that much. Part of the part of the red, reticence or the being hesitant for me is um, we have cancer in my family. So my mom died with breast cancer, my grandmother, cancer, breast cancer, and my aunt, breast cancer. So it took me a very long time to go on the astronaut patch. Um, and then within two days of going on it, my hot flashes dropped 80%. Ooh. Yeah. So it's a game changer for me in getting my life back. Oh, for sure. Are you... Um... Are you getting a cycle anymore? Or are you done with the whole menstrual cycle thing? No cycle. I don't have. Um, I don't have the plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got a history. Right, right. That, that is all. I dance down the 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 pad aisle. Uh, I dance down the aisle when all when my hysterectomy was done. It was like right. so fun. I don't need you anymore. I don't have to look at my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You said that. I guess I was thinking, but you still had an ovary. So you yes. could okay. So they so you're just you just act you're purely going off of symptoms and you were still having raging hot flashes and that's what the yeah. Yeah, the not sleeping, mm. which that affects the next day as far as performing at work. Totally. Uh, food. And then the more tired I am, 
the worse I will eat. I will order in, I will order junk because I feel pity party, sorry for myself, you know, and then I'm having more red wine, which triggers the hot flashes. So so it's like this vicious cycle that I got in and I needed to get off of that. So I went to um, Well Woman Clinic here in Calgary, met with Dr. Packer and got myself started down this journey. And I'm now wearing this Estradoc patch. Yeah, and it sounds like it's working. And, you know, you're not the only person with cancer in your family and not the only person who has that concern. Even though, like, the the, the research shows, you know, those risks are are not what we thought they were and, and certainly lower than they thought they were. But what was your doctor's? I mean, how was her approach when, you know, when given your family history? You know, she was amazing. She is this very, she's only specialized with women going through menopause. And, you know, Selena, I recall filling out the paperwork and looking at all the um, symptoms or just all the things that were going on if you're going through menopause. The page was a mile long. And only when I sat there and I started looking through all these things that I realized how long and how much I hadn't connected to what was going on with me. So she spent an hour in that first visit with me. The family history, my, you know, my history, what I was dealing with. She was amazing. And that was very helpful. That's so good to hear, too, because the opposite happens so very often where women don't get the time, they don't get the attention. Absolutely. And I had the opposite for a very long time because I would go into family doctors or we have here in Calgary, you know, walk in places, too, if you don't have a family doctor. And I had a whole bunch of different things going on. And the first thing they want to give you is an antidepressant. Well, um, Maybe we could talk a little bit more about my age and what may be coming from that, but not at all. You've got five minutes and you're in and out with a prescription in your hand. And you, did you ever try that route? Absolutely. You know, in fact, I went, I first went on, well, not because of menopause. I've been on antidepressants as a result of going through divorce. So Mm. it was a that related sort of a thing. Um, But funny enough, um, Dr. Packer mentioned that, um, there is an antidepressant that women going through menopause can try. So if the estradiol doesn't quite hit the spot, she might put me on this um, Effexor yeah. to um, see if it'll help me more than the estradiol. But it sounds like the estradiol is working for you. It sounds like the patch is working. It abs- I'm, sh- I'm actually shocked that it could be that effective. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's, that's really great because that, as you've sort of mentioned, it is all this domino effect, right? Like if you're not, if you're having these, cause it, you know, if you have them at night and they wake you up and like all the other things and everything just gets exacerbated because you're stressed all the time, which feeds the hot flashes, which feeds the, so you just get in that cycle that you can't get out of. It, and it's a terrible cycle because, you know, as you walk through it, right. So not sleeping, not just at night, but then how it affects you in the day, because I get them in the day too, yeah. right? And then my poor husband at night, I'm the blankets are on and off and on and off, and he's being disrupted. Then you get up and you feel like the walking dead, and you've got to go to work. And my memory, my memory was being affected, right? 
uh, appointments, dates, times, people. Um, it it really it really can screw with you if you don't know what you're dealing with. Hundred percent. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice-cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. How has your training changed as you've been going through the transition here? Uh, hmm. I have noticed that I have more joint pain. Be interested if that changes. Well, you know, and so my physio says, Sandra, you know what? Being athletic, some of this is related to the amount of weight you were lifting when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I do have joint pain. So when I train now, I do a lot of mobility exercises, you know, glute bridges, um, clamshells, um, monster walks. I, I do a lot of banded work to prep my body uh, when I am especially about to do leg work. And I do um, banded work for my shoulders because I have shoulder issues as well now. So um, I am training. I am weightlifting. In some ways, though, I have to walk a fine line. The days that I'm really tired, I back off and I lift uh, less weight. And the days that I feel strong, I will lift heavier, lift some heavy shit, Celine, <laughs> and put it down and lift it again. But it's 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 a it's a back and forth depending on how I slept and how I'm feeling, how much stress I might be under. I really look inward and gauge my training uh, with that. Sounds like such a very smart approach to training. <laughs> um, what what I'm curious, I'll be curious to see, because some people find relief from some of that joint pain through hormone therapy as well, because there's an inflammatory process there. So it'll be interesting to see if that abates at all for you. Okay, you know, I'll, I will look at that because we increased my dosage um, with the Estradot mm -hmm. and I have yet to try it. So I, I will let you know if I notice anything. Yeah, please do. Because because that is one of the first guests I had on the show was uh, Mary Jane Minkin, who she's like Madam Ovary. She calls herself. She's been around <laughs> forever. <laughs> but she sees, you know, she's she is uh, very active herself. She runs, rides a bike. 
and she had some people coming to her saying, you know, like, I used to ride centuries and all this stuff and like everything hurts. And in estrogen, you know, she's like, I, that's the first thing I try and it often works for them. So it'd be great to see if that works for you. And I've noticed when I'm tired, you know, I just can't lift the weight. Um, it's like my muscles are pre-fatigued. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I've even begun. Yep. So the joints definitely, they're not loving those days. Um, but again, the more mobility work that I do, the smoother I run, the smoother my body works, the the, the less hiccups I have with my hips and my knees, um, you know, and my shoulders when I do my mobility work religiously. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that becomes non-negotiable, right? I think that mobility work and that activation work is just like, it, it just needs to be there. But it it's, it's interesting you talking about um, the pre-fatigue, because I, I just, I've written about this in the past and there was just another study that came out that like they, they do these studies with people where they give them like ridiculously hard sort of cognitive tests, you know, and like fatigue their brain. And then they take them into the gym and because the brain is tired, like it can't really tell the muscles what to do as well, because this is your command central, right? So yeah. it really, I've never really thought about this like this before, but it makes sense to me that when you are being cognitive, cognitively affected in menopause and we know that you are we know the brain goes through a transformation too with the estrogen changes that mm -hmm. you would have that effect of not feeling as strong and not having that stamina because your brain is literally like tired it's not getting the glucose metabolism it's not doing these things it's in this transition like that makes a lot of sense to me it, it does. And, you know, you speak about the 23-year-old kid versus me now. And the more I read, for example, um, Dr. John Rady's work, um, the Harvard neuroscientist, if I do not work out my mood, girl, there's the other two doors, bitchy and cranky. If I don't work out, I am not the same. When I work out, I am clearer. I am more motivated. I'm more focused. I can concentrate. My memory is better. Um, if I if I didn't work out, I really don't know how I would get through menopause. I've got to tell you, like it is critical. Let me ask you this: Is that ever? Do you ever have times where you're having a hard time motivating yourself and you know that that is waiting for you so it motivates you to get moving? Like that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's a few ways I've learned to, I've had to learn to manipulate myself. Right. To get kind of what I'm getting I, at. Yeah, that I've, I've had to learn to manipulate myself to get things done in life. Like, you know, if I really don't want to do cardio, tell myself just 10 minutes oh, i do that oh, all the time just 10 minutes just 10 minutes that's <laughs> go for 10 minutes and if you know you you could step off if you just don't feel like it and of course you know as you get going and the fog lifts you know and i distract myself with music or i watch the news or something outside myself and once i get going i'm i'm good yeah. or i with friends i'll go walking with friends and just catching up and getting the latest gossip gets me out the door you know so i find ways to manipulate myself to keep active 
Yeah. Well, I think every, I think everybody does that to a certain extent, but that is definitely the 10 minute rule, I think, is good for everybody, no matter what it is. Like, give yourself an out after 10 minutes and you'll you, I, I've never taken it. I've never. I've, yeah, I've never been like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm out. <laughs> never turned around. And, you know, Celine, I look at fitness and what I've come to realize it does for my head. I am going to be training my whole life. Now at 57, I'm training for when I'm 90. So every day that I put towards that, and I, I guess it's because I've looked at um, my family and how people age. We have cancer in our family. And I train with the end in mind. So, yeah, I train because, of course, I still want to look good. But really, I want to be at 90, you know, able to chase kids, my grandkids play at the park. I want to be an engaged and active senior. And everything I do now is leading so I can get out of bed by myself, that I could shower, that I can put things up in the cupboard, that I can open a jar by myself. I am training so that when I age, I defy expectation. Yeah, that's you have a great quote on your website about age is a great equalizer, but you're part of the resistance. You know, I saw that on your on your website, which, yeah. 100% am because I look at my clients and I look at how people are aging and I don't want to go down the path where someone else has to get me out of bed or put me in a shower or God forbid, clean my behind. I want to be aging as well as I can be. And it started back when I was younger, but now it's even more critical. Yeah. It takes reverse engineering and that, that, that there's a lot of people talking about that. And I think it's really important. You know, there's that idea of you have, you know, sort of this, you're a marginal decade of life, like where things are slipping when you're, you're quite a bit older, but like, how do you best prepare yourself for that, for all the things you're talking about to stay independent, to stay vital, to stay. And it, it has to start wherever you are now. <laughs> you know, It has to be like, yeah. And it's hard because, you know, there are days that my mood with menopause, I just want to weep. I get those weepy, sad moments and or feeling sorry for myself because it's it's a hard stage of life. You know, I remember going through getting my period the first time, you know, I was 11 years old, Celine. And I remember, you know, having my cycle and then the cramps and thinking, I have to go through this every month. For the rest of my life, you know, just feeling like you've been sentenced to hell. <laughs> and, and now at 57 or going through menopause, you really can go through a period of grief where you feel let down by your body. You don't feel understood by your spouse or family. You're moody. You're tired. All this stuff is changing with you and colliding with your career. And you really do have to be kind to yourself through this time, compassionate, kind, be your own advocate. If shit doesn't feel right, you go and find somebody who's going to listen to you. Don't minimize yourself. You have to be your own advocate and be kind to yourself. How do you take that approach to the women you work with? Oh, <laughs> 
you know, I have been put in my profession for a reason. Mm. I talk about the bully and um, being, you know, there's so much throughout my life. I'm actually working on a memoir, but being the underdog and I believe I'm an advocate to my clients. So whether it's the menopause doctor that they need or physicians or therapists, psychiatrists or um, physiotherapists, I am an advocate for them. And they don't necessarily always want to go because we women have a tendency to let things slide, right? But letting things slide can hurt us. In 2000, I had a rollover, and I didn't realize it then, but I woke up around um, 2018, so five years ago, I would have been 52, and I couldn't lift my head. What did you have? It's called cervical radiculopathy, and I opened a, a, a thing on my phone to read about it, and I was textbook. The patient wakes up one morning and can't lift their head. Yeah, that was me. My husband had to lift my head to get me out of bed in the mornings. Uh, Celine, the pain was so excruciating. It was like a knife was stabbing me down the back of my neck. What causes that? That car accident. Oh, you had a car. The rollover was a car accident. Yeah, in 2000, I had degeneration in the vertebrae in my neck. So C4, C5 was being compressed. And the funny thing was, again, about being an advocate with your question for women, I've learned the hard way. They sent me to a hospital here in town, and I was explaining to that surgeon uh, what was happening with me in the spine clinic. And the surgeon patted me on the hand and said, you know, you should try massage and try this lady. Like he kept patting me on the hand and minimizing me. Celine, I've mentioned before that I was a very strong girl. And even now in my 50s, late 50s, I one arm roll with 70 pound dumbbells. I am strong. I couldn't carry my own purse. Wow. So I fought with this man and he said, okay, fine, I'll send you for an MRI. Six months later, having that MRI came back, it said critical go straight to the hospital. Seven days later, they came down, they put me under, and they put a bar at C4, C5. Advocate. I have been through dealing with the medical establishment in many different scenarios. That one was critical, but I am an advocate for my clients because women, we tend to just put up with things. Okay. Maybe it's not as bad as this person's telling me it's all in my head. No, I don't have time for this. I need to take care of X, Y, Z and everybody else. That's right. We women go and get things checked because I've learned they don't get better. They actually can get worse and detrimental. Yeah, that's a yes. So, and I assume that you have all of your women, do they come to you to weight train? Is anybody still resistant to weight training in this day and age that you see? Well, so I have four members on staff and I have three of them that are kinesiologists. So we do get a lot of hip surgery, uh, knee, back, shoulder. Um, So yeah, we do a lot of resistance training, mobility work. 
Um, women can be resistant to training in the sense that they get accustomed to lifting three pound dumbbells and five pound dumbbells, you know, and they come in doing the same thing for five years and wondering why their body hasn't shifted. And I have to explain to them, you know, that they need to create that stimulus in order for their body to respond and to change. And that being strong is actually to their benefit not to their detriment. One last thing, um, I did a, a bone density scan. And I was wondering where I was after all these changes, you know, at my stage of life. And my results were almost off the chart. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I was like, right. Oh, just half halfway over where the chart was. And the physician said, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> just just get out of here. So lift lift challenge your muscles they'll challenge your bones and we women need to stay strong so important it's it, like all the research coming out is just like if you're going to do one thing it's that like right? your muscle is everything it is everything getting out of bed picking up your grandkids in fact i sometimes manipulate my clients by having them squat down picking up the grandkids <laughs> oh and then it just okay that's why i'm doing this mm. right getting people to realize the real life how things uh, transcend to the real life because that's what what, what we're doing yeah you're gonna have a great tush but i also <laughs> want you to be able to <laughs> But I also want you to be able to pick up those rat babies, right? And and bend over and pick up groceries or whatever it is you're doing. We still need to train for life. Hundred percent, Sandra. It's like it's it's so delightful talking to you. I'm wondering if there's anything that you had hoped to relay to our audience that we haven't talked about yet. Hmm. Um. We've spoken about a lot of things. Mm. Um, maybe one of the recurring themes I see with women in general, and that would be self-care, that it's not selfish. It is self-care. Uh, you do need to take time for yourself every day and that you are worth it. Honestly, if you're not looking after yourself, you're not bringing your best self forward to your spouse or your kids, or your career. So it does start with you, and you do need to be actively involved and mindfully involved in your own self-care. What does that look like for you? Well, one of the things I've had to learn to do is meditate. Mm. So when 2020 began, for starters, in Canada, 42% of the fitness industry was wiped out with uh, COVID, okay? And so when it happened, I saw myself just going over this financial precipice because we were a brick-and-mortar location. We were always working hands-on with people, and we wound up pivoting online. Celine, in my sleep, I was dreaming about work. And so I don't know how I came across it, but I found this Headspace app. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of listening to the guided meditations. In fact, this morning, I listened to one called self-love and everyday thinking, but I use it as a means of getting into my head and getting me to calm down 
and to remember to look after me. I have to start with me. Uh, anxiety is one of the things that has accelerated with going through menopause. And yeah, anxiety and being more fearful. And I don't like going down that rabbit hole. So the app, I don't listen to it every day. But each time I listen to it, it reinforces why I need to keep doing that for my head. And so meditation is another means of self-care for me. Yeah, that's that is super important. And the anxiety and fear piece, a lot of people, myself included, can relate. So that is wow. that yeah, is very important. I've anticipated all of these things coming from hormonal changes, but here we are. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate you being part of the resistance and part of the, you know, like <laughs> joining us here. Thank you, Celine. Thank you. And do let me know um, as as you you go down this this road with your hormone therapy, other things that you you might notice, because I, I am curious how how that might impact you if those other elements like the joint pain. Thank you very much. I really appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. You're a part of the resistance and um, we're lucky to have you. Well, that's our show. And it is time for our summer podcast break. We will take two weeks off and we will be bringing you two of our most popular shows as replays over that two week period. Then... And listen up, when we come back, I have one of the most requested topics for your ears, a show devoted to menopause, anxiety, and fear. I had a brilliant discussion with Dr. Claire Spencer, who is one of the founders of My Menopause Center in the UK, and we talk all about why so many of us end up feeling anxious and fearful and sometimes outright frozen with fear during this transition, what to do about it why it's happening, all the details. So come on back for our replays over the next couple of weeks and then a whole bunch of great new episodes that I have lined up for you, including that one on anxiety when we get back. And until then, as always, y'all knew what to do. Stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.